Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners. Happy New Year and welcome to my 301st ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at IIR Sports, one word, dot com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine, who is down in Atlanta for tonight's college football playoff national championship game between Georgia and Alabama. So we will delve deeply into that when A.P. joins us in a few minutes. But before that, we have NFL Wild Card Weekend to get to, and what a weekend it was. Uh, clearly, it was my highlight of the week, was the Wild Card Weekend, and specifically the top two games, which were last evening's Saints win over the Panthers, and Saturday evening's Titans win over the Chiefs, both of which went down to the final minute, and fourth down plays for the ultimately the losing teams. But there's a lot to chew on from those two games as well as the two others, which were the Jaguars holding off the Buffalo Bills, which also went down to the end, as well as the suddenly hot Atlanta Falcons uh, taking out the top-seeded Rams, one of the top seeds. And... uh, and their magical year comes to an end. Uh, And that also uh, went well into the fourth quarter before that was decided. So all the games were were good to watch. And starting with last night, uh, crazy ending to the game uh, with Cam Newton's eye issue uh, when he got whacked big time. Uh, late in the game, and at first it looked like it might be a concussion, but then it turned out to be more of an eye injury and uh, a lot of confusion surrounding that. He, of course, came right back into the game and uh, made for great, great drama at the end. Uh, It was all set up when the Saints and Sean Payton went for it to win the game on a fourth down uh, from their from the 50-yard line. And shockingly, uh, the Panthers intercepted Drew Brees' pass and uh, cost themselves 20 yards in field position, uh, which they quickly made up. Uh, but then that led to the intentional grounding call, which after a couple good plays by the uh, Panthers to get in position, that took away everything. It was uh, basically like a sack, 
and cost them the down. There was a 10-second runoff, and all in all, just a bad situation uh, for the Panthers. And then the game ultimately ended uh, on a great defensive call on fourth down uh, where Cam Newton never had a chance to even get it off and was sacked. And that's how it ended. So very, very exciting ending. And the Panthers, to their credit, just shut down the two-headed monster of the Saints, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram. Uh, basically did next to nothing, but that put the ball in Drew Brees' hands, who had a spectacular game. And he is uh, solidifies himself as an all-timer and a Hall of Famer. He won that game, period, uh, starting with an 80-yard pass to former Panther, uh, Ted Ginn Jr. And, uh, and it was on from that point on. Well, my bizarre item of the week was... Titans quarterback Marcus Mariota throwing a touchdown pass to himself. It was the first time ever in playoff history that that had been done, and only the second time in NFL history that a quarterback had thrown a touchdown pass to himself. The other one was uh, Brad Johnson when he played for the Minnesota Vikings doing the same thing years ago. Uh, So Darrell Rivas batted the ball right at the goal line, and uh, went right back to Mariota and made a nice athletic play, caught it, and then dove into the pylon at the end zone for a touchdown. It was really interesting with Darrell Rivas since uh, on two subsequent plays later in the game, he basically slowed down when confronted with the opportunity to uh, perhaps tackle or assist in tackling Derrick Henry, who was simply running wild in the second half. So that was surprising, given his Hall of Fame career. And honestly, I, and I'm guessing a few others, had kind of forgotten that the Chiefs had signed him a few weeks back. Uh, So he was just getting rounding into uh, shape. My low light of the week, sticking with the Titans-Chiefs game, was Coach Andy Reid not working the clock with a 21-3 halftime lead. Uh, His clock management has always been in question to say the least. Uh, we saw it last year up here in Foxborough in the playoff game with the uh, with the Patriots. We saw it against the Patriots in the Super Bowl down in Jacksonville 10, 12 years ago uh, when he coached the Eagles and Donovan McNabb uh, was their quarterback. And But this was the all-timer because this wasn't about mismanaging the clock in the last minute or two of a close game. This was about mismanaging the clock for an entire second half when you had the NFL's leading rusher, Kareem Hunt, in the backfield, and he hardly even touched the ball in the second half when all they had to do was just play the clock as much as play the Titans. And it was uh, just shocking to see. Um, There have been four times in NFL history when a team has lost an 18-point lead in a playoff game. And unfortunately, Andy Reid, who I like, uh, has been the coach for two of them, Saturday's game, as well as the game a few years back when they 
had an 18-point-plus lead against the Colts. And the Colts come back in uh, what was a great playoff game back in the day. And uh, so, again, just uh, sad to see. Uh, We'll see how it all plays out for Kansas City. Certainly Andy Reid's job, Alex Smith's future are all in question after that. Uh, Six straight playoff losses. Um, Last playoff game they won, I think, was 1993 with Joe Montana. So, uh, as Andy Reid himself said, it's just not good enough. Uh, Up here in New England, I'd say uh, Patriot fans are pretty glad I don't think they wanted any part of the Chiefs after uh, what we saw when they were last in town, which was them coming in on opening night, the banner raising for the Super Bowl night back in September, and uh, basically manhandling the Patriots in the second half. So uh, nobody in New England wanted any anything to do with seeing the Chiefs. Instead, they're going to see the Titans and... Uh, you may remember the Titans were here when it was the coldest game ever in Patriot history. Uh, I was there. I will be there again this Saturday night. Uh, we're not going to have that problem again. Right now it's calling for 40s and rain. So uh, so that's good. Uh, it beats the game in 2004, which was the coldest ever was at a football game, basically. And... Uh, other games over the weekend, of course, the Jaguars beat the Bills in a game where Jacksonville quarterback Blake Bortles had only 87 yards passing. Uh, but the uh, Jags defense rose to the occasion yet again, and uh, and it went down to the end when Tyrod Taylor got injured, Nathan Peterman, he of the uh, multiple interception game a few weeks back, uh, came in, had a couple good plays, but then ultimately through the game ending interception to cornerback Jalen Ramsey, now one of the best in the league and the Jags are off to Pittsburgh, which should be fascinating given that they intercepted Ben Roethlisberger five times when they last met earlier in the season up in Pittsburgh so Ben already said he wants the Jaguars, and now he's got them. The other game, the final game, was the Falcons uh, beating the Rams on Saturday night in the Coliseum. Great to watch that huge crowd, 75,000. And uh, suddenly the Falcons look hot. They are number six seed, favored to beat the number one seed, Philadelphia Eagles, this Saturday afternoon up in Philly. And, of course, uh, that's because Carson Wentz, Philly's MVP candidate, uh, quarterback, is out. So it's Nick Foles. All kinds of pressure on Nick Foles. It's uh, with the Falcons' defense really looking good. They were swarming all over the high-powered offense of the Rams on Saturday night. And uh, Matt Ryan... uh, Finally hitting Julio Jones for a red zone touchdown. They seem to be putting it all together at the right time. And uh, so that should be a a great game, to say the least. And, uh, of course, that's Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, 8.15 Eastern. 
I'll be at Gillette Stadium for the Patriots hosting the Titans. Uh, Sunday at 1. Steelers-Jaguars could be the game of the weekend. Sure to be physical and sure to be fascinating. Uh, Antonio Brown appears to be back at 100%. So that should be a great game going against that Jaguar defense and in particular their, in particular their secondary. And, uh, and then, of course, the final game of the weekend will be the Saints heading up to Minneapolis to play the Vikings. Obviously, it's in a dome where the Saints are very, very comfortable. So, uh, looks like a great slate in what is probably the best weekend of the year, as far as I'm concerned, divisional weekend. You have all four bi-week teams hosting teams who are uh, sticking their chest out because they've just won a playoff game in the wild card weekend. So, always a fun, terrific weekend and uh, can't wait to get it started. So, with that said, why don't we take our break? And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, uh, calling from Atlanta, where he's there to cover the tonight's national championship game between Alabama and Georgia. So, uh, the fun for this weekend isn't over yet. And it should be a great game tonight. But we'll talk to A.P. about it after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 1- 888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, joins us. And A.P., I know you're down in Atlanta to cover tonight's national championship game between Georgia and Alabama. So I usually ask how you're doing today, but I don't know if I have to ask today. I'm sure you're excited. <laughs> Yeah, John, no question. I'm really excited for this game this evening. Two fairly even-matched teams, uh, similar philosophies, similar-type talent, 
and uh, right here in the state of Georgia, next door neighbor Alabama, should be an unbelievable setting, a lot of noise, a lot of folks, should be loud, uh, SEC, all SEC matchup, first time since Alabama played LSU. In the, it's funny, Alabama seems to like to visit the home state of the team they're playing in the championship from the SEC. Right, they played LSU in uh, New Orleans, right? Correct, right. Not the, the home stadium, but at least the home state. Well, I'm sure Alabama fans are hoping for uh, a repeat of that performance when they blew them out. Uh, so, um, first off, how's the ticket situation? I'm seeing where apparently it might be the highest price ticket maybe ever. Uh, I, I saw a price this morning of like $2,700. Is that about what you're hearing? Obviously, it's because it's in the home state of Georgia, like you said, and uh Fans can just drive in for this game, including from Alabama. Yeah, on the lower levels, I think it's still pretty high. Uh, probably the upper level, maybe $1,000. But the lower level, yeah, it should be two or three times more of that amount. So that's about right. Is there like ticket mania going on? Is it just like uh, everybody looking for tickets? Is that that type of a scene? You hear, you hear from now, you know, time to time. And of course, I'm at the media hotel at the moment, but over at the hotel... Uh, I was at the Marriott last night. There were people looking for a few tickets. So I'm okay. sure at the stadium, there's a lot of people around, uh, you know, taking the day off and just wanting to be there. So, yeah, there's always people looking for tickets, especially this. You know, Georgia hadn't had a championship since 1980. That's a long time between, a, between drinks of water. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, it's just the type of thing that, uh, you know, again – the fact that it's so drivable for so many people uh, is a game changer. And, of course, Georgia campus in Athens is, what, AP, hour, two hours away, if that? Yeah, yeah, less than two hours, I believe. Yeah, actually less than two hours. Right, plus uh, countless, thousands, tens of thousands of Georgia alumni live in the Atlanta area. So it's going to be quite a scene. Uh, now, how's the weather been? It looks like it's been... Uh, Freezing, basically, down there, literally 32 or below. Yes, it has, and I've noticed outside that I'm not seeing any rain at this point. It's a little damp, but I don't see the rain. Well, that's good. I'd heard something about an ice storm occurring today down yeah. there, but that's, that's not happening, yeah. is it? No, haven't seen that. We've been very fortunate. Uh, we might get some sprinkles, I think, but right now it's just cold and damp outside. All right. Well, that's good. That's good. Uh, at least people should be able to drive in safely. And uh, so how's the festivities and everything been? When did you get there? I, we arrived on Thursday, and they have the Fan Fest down at the Georgia World Congress Center. So that's been pretty active and a lot of fun for the fans and the visitors and the media. They all came in. Probably everybody got here by Sunday for sure. And that's a pretty large group. Uh, so it's, it's, it's bustling, it's booming. It's like the Olympic type, uh, situation, I think, you know, with so many people, oh, yeah. dignitaries, dignitaries. So it'll be, it'll be something to behold when I get to the stadium in a few hours. Yeah. What time are you planning on heading over? Well, I think I'm heading over at four o'clock. Uh, there's the shuttle police escort. I believe that's the one I'm going to opt to take. And, uh, That'll give us time. We have to go through security. It's pretty tight for this ball game. 
take me a while probably. Yeah, well, right off the bat, President Trump's going to be there. That creates an entire new layer of security, traffic issues, and whatnot. So that ought to be pretty fascinating to watch. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It sure will be. But I'm pretty focused on the ball game itself. And most people, that's just kind of sideline event. These Georgia people, I know they've been waiting a long time. The Alabama people, they believe that they can put up another championship banner and bring it back to Tuscaloosa. Oh, absolutely. So how is the Alabama contingent? I mean, you guys have won so many national championships, four and eight years, if I'm not mistaken, tonight going for five and nine. Um, You know, I have to ask, I'm up here in New England, so I kind of see it from the Patriot point of view, which is, of course, course, a championship hangover. Uh, Is the Alabama contingent turning out the way you would expect and what you've seen in past years? Uh, absolutely, because of the neighboring state, and they're all right. charged up to be at this brand new venue. It's indoors. There's no question about the weather. So yeah, the Alabama people—they been uh, have a history of getting hold of tickets. Right, right. Yeah, it's just the fact that they can drive there is just a game changer. Because uh, again, I've seen it in New England. With uh, you know, there comes a point after so many championships when. It's tough to jump on airplanes and spend money for hotel rooms year in, year out. Uh, you, you, no, not that anybody's feeling sorry for Alabama or Patriot fans, but, uh, you know, <laughs> money is money. and uh, But uh, that's completely negated by the fact that Alabama fans can literally drive over and theoretically head back home tonight if they want. Uh, yeah. uh, not to mention Georgia fans, or it'll be even easier for them. Yes, you can rationalize, John, that I, I'm not going to spend all the money on hotels. I'll, I'll uh, put all that, my bank money, towards the tickets. So right. I'm sure that's what some Alabama fans have rationalized as they try to obtain those, that valuable commodity of two tickets to the game. Yeah, I, I, just, I can't help but imagine, no matter what's gone on up till now, starting this afternoon and, of course, early evening, that in and around the Georgia Dome is going to be ticket mania. If I'm not mistaken, it's basically legal in the state of Georgia, correct? You can just sell your ticket uh, right out on the street. Is that generally accurate? Yeah, I think that's the way it is, John. I've seen that in the past at some of the neutral site games in Atlanta. So they'll be out in full force. The weather, you know, it's a little cool out there, but I'm sure that won't stop everybody trying to get tickets or sell tickets. Right. Well, it's been fun to watch all the pregame, which ESPN is all over. Uh, uh, pregame, as in for the past four or five days, if not four or five weeks, actually. Uh, but it looks like a great time. Lots of events, parties, that type of thing going on. Yeah, there's always something going on. They have schedules for the media, for people coming to town. There's parties planned. You know, former Alabama players, former Georgia players, former SEC players, there's always something that they have at these events, especially being in Atlanta. I mean, what, what better place for the SEC to multiply their, their fame and fortune? Oh, yeah. Well, Atlanta's become the uh, college football, uh, you know, epicenter, uh, not just tonight, but overall. I mean, it, it's like the home of the College Football Hall of Fame. It's basically the center of the college football world with the brand new stadium. So should be quite a spectacle. Uh, and speaking of, yeah, Alabama alumni, uh, 
Boy, I, I saw a report this morning that they're expecting upwards of 30 Alabama alumni. Uh, you, you know, and by that I mean like famous household name players. You hearing that? Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen some of them around. I happily ha- happened to interview Sean Alexander about an hour or so ago. He was at the Football Writers Association breakfast, and I've seen uh, multiple players around: Ozzie Newsome and C.J. Mosley and Ryan Anderson and just uh, you know all kind of players from Alabama. They they like to be around the program, and Nick Saban welcomes them, uh, and that's one of the the pillars of his program. He's all, We'll always welcome back the alumni. Oh, absolutely. No, I think it's great. And no more illustrious alumni than those at Alabama, especially in recent years. Uh, I saw Jonathan Allen interviewed last night, and he was great. Um, you know, very articulate and really uh, just a great interview with Steve Levy on ESPN. And uh, yeah, so that's where I kind of got the picture that. The Alabama alumni, and I'm sure the Georgia alumni, too, are just pouring in. And uh, so that will enhance the overall spectacle, to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. That's part of the colorful pageantry of Alabama football and the tradition of them being on the sideline, cheering on the the new generation. And, and, and John, one other thing I was going to add, if you think about it, I mean, the SEC plays the neutral side game here in Atlanta. They play the SEC championship here in Atlanta. Here they are now playing the national championship in Atlanta. Exactly, exactly. And then, oh, by the way, throw in the Peach Bowl, which was one of the games of the year with uh, Central Florida beating Auburn, right? Correct, right, right. They want to erase that memory, but it'll be an SEC type of uh, celebration tonight, one way or the other. No doubt about it. What's pretty amazing, AP, I mean, you obviously cover Alabama, which means that you cover the SEC. Uh, you know, they haven't had their best year overall, be it bowls in general or the season. That's only comparing it to the excellence of the past five or six years. But here we are, and it's two SEC teams. Uh, pretty amazing when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, John, this is the second time now. I mean, uh, you know, this is the, the one time in that, that BCS era. It happened in LSU and Alabama, and now here it is in the college world playoff era that Alabama and Georgia are the two finalists. I mean, and this is with four teams. They had to win their way to the championship game. Absolutely, yes. Well, uh, it seems like a long time ago, but that Georgia-Oklahoma game was obviously one for the ages, and we haven't talked since the Alabama beatdown of Clemson. How was that? You were there for in New Orleans for New Year's weekend. Uh, how was that experience for you? Yeah, the Alabama game that day was uh, the defense was unbelievable, suffocating. I just did not think that they would be able to clamp down on a powerful Clemson offense and hold them to zero touchdowns in this day and age, John. You have all that talent and offensive firepower. It is really amazing. An outstanding performance. The Alabama offense struggled. They scored enough points to win. Uh, you know, they had the advantage of getting a few turnovers that helped them. The pick six by Mac Wilson, the linebacker, is healthy now. And you saw the big man, Deron Payne, yep. with the interception, and then he had that touchdown himself. So it was a uh, fun night. 
for the big oh, Yeah, that must have been a fun night. Now, I bet it was a fun night or a fun weekend in New Orleans for New Year's, right? Oh, absolutely. I, that's my favorite country to visit. I always kid with the Sugar Bowl president, Paul Hulahan, and I really enjoyed myself. I'm sure you did. Uh, well, good for you. Well, we still have a lot more to get to. Uh, you know, number one, I want to talk a little football with you. Uh, and also, the College Football Hall of Fame was announced. So we want to talk about that a little bit. But we'll do that after this break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now... Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us from Atlanta is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we spent the last segment talking a lot about the color of you being in Atlanta and everything surrounding tonight's college football national championship between Alabama and Georgia. But we didn't really talk football, so we should talk a little football. And I'll start with, uh, it looks like Alabama lost two players off the defense during the Clemson game. Uh, I've got to think with them, it's just next man up. They're going to have some talented players to replace the talented players they lost. Yeah, John, um Anthony Jennings, a linebacker who was injured, has some surgery on his knee, but they have the very capable replacements. Uh, Terrell Lewis and Christian Miller and Mac Wilson, they all came back from injuries in the Auburn game, but they were really didn't, didn't have significant contributions. But now they're healthy. They've had a time to rest up and, and gain some uh, momentum and traction, and they, they played well. Mac had the interception for a touchdown. And then on the offense, the Lester Cotton, the guard was injured. He won't play. He's out. So J.C. Hassenauer will be there. And he's a 
a veteran. He, he's re- replaced Lester in the past when he's been injured, so they should be good to go. Uh, Deontay Thompson is a safety who replaced Tootie Jones uh, in that Clemson game, so he's a good ball player. But, no, Alabama, they're not going to lose this championship because of injuries. There, there's going to be no excuses. They have similar type players and, and they're in their depth, which, you know, if Alabama's crying about depth and everybody's crying about depth. Right, right. Um, well, it's going to be uh, a great game. I mean, Alabama's defense against those two running backs, uh, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, of course, Jake Fromm, uh, the freshman quarterback, uh, should be fascinating to watch. Uh, what are your thoughts on the overall game? How do you see it uh, playing out? John, they have the excellent running backs, a couple that you mentioned, plus the freshman up there from Philadelphia. Right. Swift, he's, a, he's powerful and fast. So, But that plays into Alabama's strength. They usually are very good at stopping the run. But you never know on a certain given night, Ohio State a few years ago, they, had, they rushed over 200, or Ezekiel Elliott did anyway against Alabama and won the game in the Sugar Bowl. In the right. first uh, uh, college football playoff semifinal, but I'm I'm fearful of their quarterback. Uh, Jake stands in there. He has a good presence in the pocket. He's tall. He can see over the line. He makes all the throws, meaning that you have the deep out, which is the most difficult. He he can make that throw, and he's very good vertically getting the ball down the field. Uh, their receivers are are not as uh, good as Alabama's a unit but they have a quarterback who's a better passer. So, you know, and that's the last line of defense, John, as you know, if you miscalculate or you make a mistake in the secondary, it's a touchdown for the other team. So I think what I'm most fearful about is Georgia's quarterback, uh, the run game, you know, they're very powerful, but if Alabama gets beat at the line of scrimmage, the ball game's over anyway. Right. Good point. Um, yeah. Well, Jake Fromm, I found it interesting, uh, they did a little thing before the Rose Bowl where I didn't realize that he was a uh, Little League World Series hero. Um, and from Warner Robins, Georgia, a team that gets there a lot uh, up in Williamsport. But, yeah, I found that fascinating. They were showing some film, and he was the biggest kid back then, and he's still <laughs> pretty big. So uh, so he's he's got a little magic to him. It's been a lifelong thing for him, that's for sure. So not a shocker that he's doing what he's no. doing. Yeah, you know, and people mention him and being on the big stage. Well, heck, he's already competed in the SEC championship in the Rose Bowl since he's 12 years old in the Little League. So I don't think that the bright lights are going to dis- discourage him this evening. You know, he's already been on the stage since he's 12 years old, the national stage. So exactly. I, I can can you know I would say I would cancel that theory. Oh, absolutely, no doubt about it. Uh, so then moving over to the Alabama offense, I mean, you have obviously Jalen Hurts, uh, Calvin Ridley, uh, and Georgia has a pretty rugged defense. How do you see that all transpiring? Yeah, John, just to backtrack for a moment, their field goal kicker, he made one before the half at the Roseville 55 yards, if I remember correctly. He's been hot. I think he was 17 of 20 maybe going into the game, or that's where he is right now, so that's a weapon that they can use with confidence. Um, and another thing, I believe that the defensive backs from Georgia, I think Alabama can beat them one-on-one if they choose. But uh, looking at Alabama's offense, Jalen Hurts has struggled 
throwing the football. Uh, he, he does not throw with any type of rhythm, and his accuracy is in question. But he's 25-2, and two, I think, at this point. He knows how to win football games. You don't have to be accurate on every down, but if it's third down, you better hit enough of them to continue the drive and give your, chance, give your team a chance to score and survive. So, you know, Alabama has all good running backs, three or four of them, actually up, up to six. Um, they have four or five-star receivers, um, capable tight ends. The offensive line has played very well. You have to salute them for their performance against that Clemson board that will all be in the NFL. It's just for Alabama, can their offense uh, call the right plays, execute, uh, because I think defensively they should be fine, but the offense has struggled against Auburn, struggled in the win over Clemson, so in the kicking game, not consistent. I mean, I'm, I mean, from 40 yards in, not consistent. Right. Well, I think it's going to be great to watch. Uh, the last thing I would bring up would be, as we saw displayed over the weekend, in the NFL wildcard weekend, uh, experience. Alabama has tons of experience in pressure games, especially the national championship. Uh, Georgia, nobody on the Georgia team has any, obviously. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of chatter, speaking of Atlanta, about the Falcons going in to play the Rams. Uh, and the Falcons, with all that experience, against the Rams with no experience. And, boy, it played out exactly as people would have expected. The Rams clearly were nervous in the beginning and probably throughout the game. They didn't play their game that they played all year. And so I think at the end of the day, that might be the difference is Alabama's experience in big games, particularly national championship games. That could be a factor at some point, maybe for one individual on Georgia's right. side. I mean, then that's all it takes, the slim margin of error for Alabama to win or Georgia to win. So it could be one person. Uh, they get a little nervous. They're, they start thinking about this is the championship. I mean, this is not the semifinal where I can make a mistake. We, maybe we can recover. This is it. Maybe in the last five minutes of the game, let's say. So, that, yeah, that could be a factor, John. I, I think, George, one other point I wanted to make was I believe they're going to throw the football at Tony Brown and try to try to uh, take advantage of him. He's very athletic, track star, been around for a while at Alabama, but he's so emotional, and he's not uh, the technician sometimes, so that the consistency level is lacking. But he's very talented, and you know he may pick up pick off a pass if they if they throw to his area enough. But I think that he's the person in the defensive backfield that Georgia will key in on tonight. Okay, good tip. We'll be looking for that. Well, it should be great. Uh, and so much going on down there. And one of the big things, if not the biggest non-field story, is uh, you know the College Football Hall of Fame was announced today. And uh, as always, uh, some big names. I particularly was... Thrilled to see Carrie Collins was elected, former quarterback of Penn State, who I saw play in the Rose Bowl back in uh, 1995. Uh, New Year's Day, I believe it was, 1995. That, of course, was the undefeated Penn State team with Kajana Carter, Bobby Ingram, uh, Kyle Brady, 
And, of course, the quarterback was Kerry Collins. So I just thought that was terrific that he got elected. Yeah, he, he was outstanding that year, really a strong leader. Uh, they went out to the Rose Bowl. They put a beat down on Oregon. Right. And, uh, you know, he, he was very good. So salute him and another Penn State player in the uh, College Football Hall of Fame. Exactly. There you go. Um, and some other great players. Uh, of course, Charles Woodson, who we're seeing a lot on television nowadays on ESPN NFL coverage. Uh, he was elected and uh, two-way player from the same era, mid-90s. And uh, no surprise there, that's for sure. No, he was the one that he won the Bednarik, I believe, and the Thorpe. I mean, that's that's what Mika Fitzpatrick did for Alabama this year. I think there was three players who had done that. One of them was Patrick Patterson, I guess it was, and, and uh, Charles Woodson. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's, Plus he again, won the Heisman on top of that. Yeah, he won the Heisman on top of that. Correct. He was just a fabulous player. And another one that I thought was interesting was uh, down there, I'm sure it was well-received locally, was, of course, Calvin Johnson. And I found it interesting over the weekend, they did a little thing on uh, Sean McVay, the Rams youthful head coach at age 31, and he actually won the high school football player of the year in Georgia over Calvin Johnson, which I was fascinated <laughs> by. Yeah, that's, that's quite a fact. I didn't know. I'm glad yeah. you brought that. It was wow. amazing. Yeah, I mean, Calvin Johnson, even at, even at Georgia Tech, was by a senior year, pretty much a household name and, you know, a can't-miss NFL prospect, and he certainly, uh, that panned out. He, he did not miss, to say the least. But, uh, yeah, Sean McVay, who's, uh, you know, not all that big, was su- such a great player that, uh, that he beat out Calvin Johnson for High School Football Player of the Year in Georgia in, uh, you know, Back in the day, so I just thought that was a really, really fascinating fact. Yeah, you never know where these uh, facts and figures will lead you, John, but it kind of makes a circle. You know, it comes around uh, at at certain times, right? Exactly, exactly. Well, AP, uh, hard to believe. We've uh, already gotten to our break, so why don't we take that now? Still a few more things to get to, and we'll do so on the other side of this break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. 
That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now... Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, talking live from Atlanta, where he's covering tonight's national championship between Alabama and Georgia, which uh, leads right into my pick of the week for appointment viewing, which, of course, is tonight's game. And A.P., uh... I'm sure you must be getting excited. It's only, uh, what, a little over six hours to kickoff now. Yeah, that's it. It's a short time before kickoff, so uh, just trying to get ready and take care of business. I'm sure you have a lot going on, to put it mildly. Uh, So we do appreciate you joining us today. So we were talking the college football Hall of Fame class that was announced today. And uh, a couple other big names, Ed Reed from Miami, of course, Famous for the play at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and Paul Palmer, who I remember well when he was a running back for Temple since I grew up in Pennsylvania. And uh, a couple big-name coaches, Frank Beamer and Mac Brown, also elected to the Hall of Fame today. Yeah, it's amazing to see all those people going to the Hall of Fame and, you know, well-deserved and, you know, Coach Beamer... He came up with his own brand of football, so it was nice to see him inducted. Very nice to see him inducted. Uh, I think everybody's always liked Frank Beamer. He, of course, uh, is known for basically putting special teams on the map. Uh, you know, he, he built a program based upon tremendous special teams play and uh, and got a lot of mileage out of that, and it lands him right in the Hall of Fame. And then, of course, Mac Brown who we see all over television these days, uh, well-deserved. He was coached for years at University of North Carolina and then, of course, went on to even bigger and better things at Texas, ultimately winning the 2006 National Championship when Vince Young had uh, a game for the ages and one of the greatest games ever played. Yeah, that was his claim to fame, really, with Vince Young leading that charge over USC in the final moments. It was a spectacular performance, uh, one of the greatest I've ever seen in college football championship. 
No doubt about it. And I got to say, you know, when I think about that game, when I think about being at the Rose Bowl myself in 1995 and then watching that Rose Bowl last uh, New Year's Day, you know, uh, it was just a remarkable game, to say the least, uh, you know, a week ago today, actually. And uh, where did you watch it? Now, obviously, I know you, I'm guessing you were inside the Superdome awaiting the Alabama Clemson game, but I got to assume that uh, everybody, the media was all in front of a TV. You couldn't take your eyes off that double overtime game with uh, Oklahoma falling to Georgia. Yeah, I was really surprised that Georgia came back from such a deficit. Uh, I think yes. One of, the keys, one of the keys was that, that field goal right before the half, 55 yards. And then no doubt about it. On a squib, yeah. On quote the squib kick. Right. They had to stop them a bunch of times to just be in the ball game, which was miraculous, really. Exactly. It was just, uh, you know, amazing game to watch, and you know, it it always amazes me. AP. I mean, we saw it, you know, last week when Lincoln Riley basically did not put the ball in Baker Mayfield's hands, you know, at the most critical juncture of the game, not to mention what you said was the key play. And I totally agree was, uh, you know, the squib kick with like a minute or so left in the half, which gave Georgia a chance to put three on the board that they weren't expecting to get. And, uh, and then over the weekend, Andy Reed did the same thing. Just, you know, he didn't use Kareem hunt in the second half with a 21, three lead over the Titans and ended up losing that 18-point lead and the game. So it's that's what makes postseason play so fascinating is how coaches and players handle uh, the stress that's involved. There's no other way to say it. Yeah, you don't know what they're going to do in tight situations, so uh, that's why they play the game, and everyone has a different philosophy and viewpoint, so... That's why you're going to watch the game tonight, and you're going to try to see if what Kirby Smart does in his first championship game as a head coach. Exactly, exactly. That, again, that is the beauty of postseason play, uh, how people are going to react, and uh, are they going to get out of character? I mean, uh, you know, I, I was just shocked as we got to the end of that game, the Rose Bowl, and obviously into the two overtimes where Baker Mayfield was basically just handing it off like something I could have done. You know, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like, the biggest playmaker in college football in this in maybe many years, and he was basically just handing off, handing off the ball on, like, you know, the 20 plays at the end of the game and double over and two overtimes that mattered most. And, he wasn't doing it. He wasn't being uh, given a chance to be Baker Mayfield. Just that simple. <laughs> yeah, you wanted to give him a chance to earn his Heisman. Right. Exactly. No doubt about it. Uh, but all credit to Georgia. You know, they made the plays that had to be made, and they made some great ones. So it, it was some pretty special stuff. I was thinking of you the other night, AP, when I was watching, uh, you know, Julio Jones catch that red zone touchdown on the floater from Matt Ryan, and, uh, you know, that was, uh, you know, 
that was good to see. I mean, I, I just think they really needed to get him going. Uh, he was my first pick on my fantasy team this year, and let's just say he didn't have a Julio Jones kind of year. He did have that one monster game late in the year, but shocking that he had only caught one red zone touchdown pass all year before Saturday night against the Rams. Yeah, it's really an indictment on uh, the, US, the uh, Atlanta Falcons in their offense. I mean, you have one of the greatest athletes in the NFL, which is, that is quite a statement, and you can't get him the ball in the end zone uh, down by the red zone. Yeah, crazy. Well, I was, I was thinking of you a lot this weekend because Alabama players were everywhere. I mean, Derrick Henry, uh, wow. I mean, his second half was unbelievable. It was so awesome that Darrell Revis didn't want any part of tackling him on two specific plays. Yeah, Derek's big guy. When he gets motoring down the field, he's a you know he's a bull. He can really power over you or uh, run by you. So you have to see how you're going to tackle him. Are you going to try to use the sideline as your friend, or are you going to try to bring him down yourself, or you know what's your method? But it's it's not easy. No, he was a freight train, to say the least. And I saw Reggie Raglan was in there uh, making some plays. Then, of course, last night, watching the uh, Saints game, Mark Ingram, uh, where, you know, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara were stopped, basically, for the first time all year, but it didn't matter because Drew Brees was uh, Drew Brees. Right, right. Yeah, the, the, that was a tandem that, you know, Alabama had Alvin was, up, was there for a while, but... Uh, it was loaded with Derrick Henry and a few others, so he ended up transferring. And Really? Uh, I didn't know that. College. Yeah, Alvin was at Alabama. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? That's a great trivia fact. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure was. And then he ended up transferring. He had a junior college year, went up to Tennessee. He's a really versatile player, as you have seen over the course of the season. He can run. Right. He can catch the football. and He's a perfect NFL back. He's doing things no rookie has ever done in the NFL, so... That's all you need to know. But, wow, I had no idea he played at Alabama. So that just shows you how deep the talent pool is at Alabama. That's an amazing fact. <laughs> um, well, AP, it's, uh, it's again, you know, going to be a special night. I'm sure it's been a special weekend. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are your final thoughts on how tonight's game is going to play out? Yeah, I think Alabama, hopefully they will stop the run game of Georgia and uh, give them a tough time, and then you can concentrate on pressuring the quarterback and maybe he'll make a mistake. Uh, but I think if Alabama can run the football probably to the edge, I think they'll try to go on the edges with the defensive ends of Georgia and score enough points, maybe get a defensive point. So I think they need to hit some field goals if they're in range. I think it'll be a tight score, 24-21 to 21 Alabama. All right. You heard it here first. AP on the scene in Atlanta. Enjoy tonight's game, and thank you so much for calling in. Uh, obviously, you have a tremendously busy day, uh, but tonight's going to be special, and I'm glad you're there to watch it in person, as always. Hey, John, thank you for having me on the show, as always, and uh, really appreciate it, and look forward to the next time. Terrific. Your perspective was very much appreciated, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time.
Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week. We'll be right back.